Music has an incredible ability to proclaim the soul's language beyond what mere words can speak. That is what we seek as we invite our guests to share their song of the soul. Be it joy and laughter, sorrow and tears, awe and insight, or deepest devotion, as we visit and listen, we are all part of a spiritual voyage called Song of the Soul. I love the magic of music that comes my way as I try to listen deeply to my Song of the Soul guests and the paths that they lead me on. A couple months ago, I interviewed Donna Lynn Kasky, and soon afterward, she introduced me to today's Song of the Soul musician and healer, Kirk Mann, also resident of Ventura, California. What can I say about Kirk but that he's a spirit after my own heart, wide-ranging and with otherworldly and always real land present in his words and music, five releases to date. His day job is as a healer, drawing on Chinese medicine, combining the intuition and deep listening that also feeds his music. I'll invite Kirk to flesh out his spiritual journey, and I know, because of our conversations leading up to this interview, that we'll have a great abundance of things to talk about that won't fit into the broadcast, like the videos he's produced, for example, or discussion of the Song of Solomon, and much more. So go to northernspiritradio.org and listen to the bonus excerpts with this program. Right now, let's dash over to Ventura, California for a Zoom visit with Kirk Mann. Kirk, I am so excited and anxious to have you here today for Song of the Soul. Thank you. Happy to be here. Let's say a little bit about how we got connected. Uh, Donalyn Kasky recommended you strongly because you're both there in Ventura, California. I think before we start listening to the music at all, I do want to trace your spiritual journey because it seems so powerfully represented in your music, so clearly reflected in the work that you do as an acupuncturist. And so I'm wondering if you can give us a relatively quick introduction to where Kirkman came from and how he got to where he is today. Well, that's a long story, so I'll, I'll try to make it <laughs> nutshell is grew up with, you know, loving, uh, supportive very loyal parents who are still with me at 90 and 91, but they were atheists. I would say I grew up with a spiritual void. And then when I moved out of my family home at 19, I chose to move to Santa Cruz, which was almost the opposite of what you would call a spiritual void. It was a place of experimentation and a lot of spirituality. I went to college there. I had a summer where I used mushrooms and LSD during one summer and which shifted my consciousness profoundly. And I think my essential nature kind of came forth, which was, you know, an intense seeker, actually. And many things in the universe conspired to help me with that seeking, which would take me a lot longer to tell you about but the seeking began in earnest in the summer of 1979. And I had those psychedelic experiences. Then I stopped. I didn't do anything, no cannabis, no alcohol, no anything. But that was kind of like the catalyst for my consciousness. And the drive opened up and I began seeking out every teaching you can imagine from Baha'i to Sufism to Buddhism to Taoism. I started practicing yoga. I was seeking out teachers 
I became, you know, I would call a connoisseur of spirituality. And within about four years or so, I was pulled to a particular teacher in Northern India that I really don't feel I was in control of that. Like it was something that kept coming to me and coming to me and I, that I surrendered to a particular teacher and teaching ideas like the guru finds the disciple. You know, you, you think you're the seeker and finding, but you're found. So I have a distinct feeling that I was pulled by a particular teacher, took an initiation, did a very disciplined practice for at least 17, 18 years. And then, as I mentioned earlier to you, that at about 40, I kind of had a period of dissolution and even disillusionment, you could say, which led to my current state, which is spiritual freelancer, (laughs) but still devotee and seeker. That was amazingly succinct that, because I know from the conversations we've had leading up to this interview, something of the depth and breadth of your spiritual richness. And so I, they'll come out as we listen to your music. And so I'm going to just suggest that we dive into the music right away. So what's the first song for Kirk Mann's Song of the Soul? Since we're going for Song of the Soul, I'll start with Thy Music. And perhaps all of my music boils down to that one song. This was on your 2018 release, Ghost Dancer. But I think the song has been with you a long, long time. Tell us about the origins of the song. Well, it's not really my song. I've pirated it from another source, which I heard it on a Sufi album. or see, It was probably a cassette when I heard it. The origin, I believe, is Hazrat Inayat Khan, who is known to have brought Sufism to uh, the West. And somehow that song has just always stuck with me as a beautiful chant. And I think it's his words and somebody else may have put music to it. When I was seeking, I was interested in Hazrat Inayat Khan because his spiritual teachings, he was a, a musician, by the way, a classical musician out of India and out of the Sufi tradition. And I was attracted to him. I was very disappointed to find out that he wasn't alive at the time that I discovered him. And then the universe in mysterious ways would have it that I ended up being married by his son in upstate New York at a spiritual community called The Abode, which was historically a Shaker community, but had become a Sufi community. So I don't know, all of the, the circles kind of come together, but that song is about the divine, the maker, the spirit being all pervasive and kind of behind all things, moving all things. And when I write, you know, I'm almost always, even if it's a love song that seems like it's to a human, it always feels like it's really to the divine, you know, even, even in human form. And that's all good justification to listen to the performance by Kirk Mann of the song, Thy Music, not written by him, but by Hazrat Inayat Khan. Here is Thy Music. I hear thy name 
The waves of the sea keep the rhythm of my dancing steps. Through the whole of nature I hear thy music play. My beloved, my soul while dancing speaketh of its joy in song. My soul while dancing speaketh of its joy in song. privilege to have here Kirk Mann today for Song of the Soul. That's his performance of Thy Music by Hazrat Nayat Khan. I noticed as I was learning about you, Kirk, specifically I was looking at your acupuncture site, the work that you do for income, and I noticed a a quote from Hazrat Nayat Khan on your site, love itself is the healing power and the remedy for all pain. I didn't even know that was on there. That was so long. That was done so long ago. I didn't even know I had that on there. Quite frankly. Well, I'm here to remind you of your spiritual roots. That in your work, could you say a little bit about your work doing acupuncture and and the constellation of healing work that you do around that? Well, yeah, I think that part of my seeking also was trying to understand my essential nature and essential interests. When I began seeking in earnest, I think my curiosity was around nature and healing. So they all seem to coincide, the spiritual seeking and the curiosity of natural healing. So it took me a while to actually put it into motion, a professional practice, which I began in 1995. It's an amalgam of Chinese medicine, something I would call it neoclassical homeopathy, herbalism, nutrition. But when you distill it down, the most powerful thing is love and listening. You know, after 25 years, if I can offer a patient anything, it would be love, compassion, and actually listening. Those thoughts dovetail perfectly with, if you haven't looked at your website, you should go and see the quote there by Paracelsus on your website. The art of healing comes from nature, not from the physician. Therefore, the physician must start from nature with an open mind. That I remember. Well, I think that's on the front page. Oh, you're right. I think I need to go read those quotes. They're, they're good, very good quotes. There's a few other good ones in there also that I would probably remember. You said, Kirk, that you didn't start this kind of work until it was 1995, you said. That surprises me because it seems so clear part of your nature. Was there other work you were doing before? Oh, yes. I mean, my life got pulled. You know, I ended up getting married very quickly. was not a shotgun marriage, by the way. It's a long story, but we ended up moving to Ventura and I needed to make a living. I ended up working in real estate sales and management for 10 years from 25 to 35. 
so I ended up thinking I would sell houses for a couple of years and begin the healing arts because I had already studied and I had certain skill sets, but it wasn't meant to be. Things got more complicated. I ended up deciding to go back to school for Chinese medicine. And it took me 10 years basically to get to where I began because of responsibilities and financial obligations. Was your marriage, was this a marriage of the spirit, of the soul? Well, perhaps, you know, we both, actually, she ended up being initiated by the same teacher. So we were both on the same path for the 18 years that we were together. And then, you know, it just wasn't meant to continue. I would say that we needed to kind of find our own way in order to individuate and to deal with our own traumas and wounds and perhaps together we were ineffective at developing in those ways. So we came apart amicably, painful, for me, deeply painfully, but amicably. We have a daughter in common, and she was not a great stage to come apart. I have learned, you know, at 11, not a good time for the parents to come apart. But in any, in any case, that was a very rough period. My divorce from my first wife was challenging as well. Yeah. And mind you, again, it was done amicably, but None of this lawyers fighting other lawyers. Actually, one of the things that helped ease our transition was in Quaker practice, when you get married, you get married under the care of meeting. There's what's called a clearness committee that helps lead you through exploration of your clearness. When we went through our divorce, the same people who were part of our clearness committee for marriage served to help us be clear about our divorce, our separation, and to keep it loving and peaceable when the fears and the difficulties of it threatened to pull us in other directions. So we had that help. Lucky for you. That's, that's helpful. It was. So folks, we are speaking with Kirk Mann today for Song of the Soul. Mann has a double N, M-A-N-N. And when you want to track him down, an easy way to do that is to follow the links to his Facebook page, his Reverb Nation site, his YouTube channel, all of those which are on Northern Spirit Radio. Dot org. But you can also just grab his songs from all the usual online musical sources. A warning, though, there is another Kirk Mann musician out there. Our guest does not have his own website, per se, except for that of his Chinese medicine healing work. So don't confuse him with the other Kirk Mann. Check northernspiritradio.org for links to our guests, and also listen to the bonus excerpts we couldn't fit into this broadcast. But again, you'll find Kirk's music everywhere, all the places you'd usually expect. So how about some more of that music right now, Kirk? Well, I had a different order, but because you brought up the Song of Solomon, I think we might want to go to Johnny as the next song. Why does Song of Solomon get us to Johnny? Because it's an interesting, evocative story about a guy on a bench in the desert in the Target shopping center that I walked by and had contact with, and he was reading a little book, and just there was no one there. He was reading out loud, you know, and I just, he just really was striking. And I just walked in. I had to get something at Target. I was traveling through the desert, and I just thought, there's a song in this person, you know, like crossed my mind. And then when I came back, he was still there. And without getting to the details of the encounter, he was reciting from the book of Psalms. I looked at the book, and it was the book of Psalms. And it just something about him really struck me, and this song was born from that encounter of Johnny. 
Well, as you can feel with the loping guitar coming in right now, we're about to listen to Kirk Mann, his song, Johnny. Johnny sat on a bench near the desert target Had a cup of Starbucks by his side Read out loud with no one listening From an old book he held close to his eyes Johnny was born in Mobile, Alabama Bible-thumping daddy taught him fear Mama crawled into a bottle At fifteen, sister Emma disappeared You never know when the time comes The holy bridge has no In a silver Chevy Malibu Doesn't mind because he feels safe Curled in the backseat of his car Johnny looks a little bit out there Face darkened by the midday sun A twisted trail, now he does wonder In open skies and moonless nights alone In open skies and moonless nights alone You never know Time comes The holy bridge Has no rail With nothing left To hold on to Starbucks by his side I heard him talking like a prophet Reciting poems from the Psalms You never know when the time comes The Holy Bridge has no rail with nothing left 
My guest today for Song of the Soul is Kirk Mann. That was his song, Johnny. It was released on his EP called East Wind. You can track all of that, of course, from org. And I have questions about this, Johnny. Did he really tell you about his father in Mobile, Alabama? Or did you add that in as imagined connection? I'm going to leave that a mystery to the listener. Well, it's all mystery, so I guess that fits in. (laughs) This particular origin, I will leave it to the listener to decide whether it's documentarian or imagined. Some of the truths of the world are not necessarily factual, but to understand the truth wherever it relates with respect to facts is a really important thing. That's why you get to wisdom, I think. Well, I will say that I really empathized with Johnny and felt that I could be him, or maybe many of us are very close to being Johnny. And I felt like, wow, it's a slippery slope to being on the street and to, who knows, he might have been enlightened for all I know, but I just felt like I could could have been in his shoes. So that's from a release that you did back in 2017. I noticed that song ends with a little country twang and I don't find a lot of country twang in your music. I've <laughs> <laughs> True. Is that what you catch when you hang on the end of the desert? Or what kind of music would you self-describe as sharing with the world? You know, it's kind of like what the muse delivers. And then because I don't have a band, I'm often bringing in musicians that I'm trying out or saying how the pedal steel came into whatever that instrument is where the, I think it's called the pedal still. And there's a player in Ojai, California that I heard about. And I brought him in on a few songs and it gives it a very countryish feel. And a fiddler from North Carolina on there, a really gifted guy named Finn McGill. And I'm forgetting the lap steel guy, but yeah, sometimes the song just takes a life of its own because you bring in people that are putting their own energy into the song. I don't compose the parts. I don't, I don't write music, so to speak, and I haven't really studied music, so I have to bring in people that can compose their part. I write the song and the melody and the lyric, and then I'll bring in somebody and they have to find their pocket, and you hope it's good enough. You know, if it's good, then you keep it. And that was good. That pedal still guy was very good, but it does give it a country twang. And you've got a beautiful voice, and so I'm kind of surprised you weren't part of some choir, that someone didn't grab you into that. As I've listened to your songs, I specifically think, this Kirk man, he's got some pipes. Thank you. Well, I envy the people that grew up in churches that sang in choirs. Those are the people that sing beautiful harmonies. They know how to, you know, that isn't a skill that I have, for instance. I can kind of do it, but not really. Well, let's get some people introduced to some more of your music, and they'll hear that singing. And just keep in mind, folks, we are listening to Kirk Mann, and he's got some pipes, and you really want to learn more of his music. But what's this next one we're going to share, Kirk? Well, I'm going to go with sleep. And is uh, sleep big in your life? What, which kind of sleep is this? <laughs> Well, I think insomnia is big in my life. And at one point, I decided to write a song to sleep, so to speak. And this is the song that came forth when I just had that sleeplessness for a long, long time and need to take this and this and that to get a decent night's sleep, you know, including a handful of natural things. And sometimes I've even had to resort to pharmaceuticals to sedate me because it's hard for me to sleep deeply. 
But this song, you know, the, it's kind of like, what does the muse bring you when you have an idea? And sometimes the muse, you just don't know. I don't know what a song is going to be. It's a very organic thing. And when I thought I want to write a song to sleep, this is the song that came forth. Some people have told me they think it's about dying. You're writing about death, right? Well, maybe sleep is a little death or practicing for death. You know, uh, I don't know. I didn't have a concept. I just wanted to write a song to sleep. And this is what came forth. Sleep, come to me. Close these weary eyes, help me dream. Sleep, comfort me Lay me down beside a gentle stream In the rustling of leaves Nightingale sings Song so sweetly high up in a some of the wonderful strong vocals that Kirkman shares through his songs. That song is called Sleep. It's also on his EP from 2017 called East Wind. And Kirk, you know, you said that some people have likened it to death. Maybe that it's metaphorical or that doesn't strike me. I didn't see death in it, but I did see maybe transcendence because you mentioned things like faith, peace, that kind of thing. Was there some lack of peace or something that was part of your inability to sleep? 
I think there's definitely, you know, some kind of hypervigilance or something that it's hard to say, you know, it's such a common issue for people to be able to really let go and sleep and rest deeply, which is to me is such a fundamental thing. And I, I really dislike people that can sleep easily and anywhere because it's just not right. <laughs> <laughs> like my wife. And, oh yeah. And- those, those, those are the people that, uh, you know, I think they, maybe they're able to surrender more easily. Sleep is kind of a surrender of consciousness and body, you know, and it is kind of like a, a small practice for dying, you know, and those of us who are clean like me have a harder time surrendering to sleep. It could be that both you and I don't go to sleep as easily. And my wife has described me sometimes as being hypervigilant. I'm so conscious. I'm so engaged with the world. She falls asleep easily most of the time. When she's having trouble falling asleep, though, we have a technique. I start lecturing to her about physics. (laughs) You found a way of knocking her out. Yeah. And you're probably stimulated and stay up another few hours. (laughs) Yes, I've heard that. I know that uh, the teacher that initiated me and had such a big influence, he really talked about meditation was nothing but a rehearsal for dying and that it was the most important and fundamental practice was practicing dying, so to speak. And so that's how he boiled meditation. It's nothing but a rehearsal for your passing from this world and it needs to be rehearsed every day. So you're prepared. When the day comes, you're familiar with the territory. (laughs) Uh, so, uh, in in any case, uh, yes. And maybe sleep is a hint of that. Also that surrender. Folks, we are speaking with Kirk Mann today for song of the soul, the links on nordenspiritradio.org, along with links to all of my guests from the past 15 years that we've been doing both song of the soul and spirit in action, come to site, follow those links, see the song list, find the stations where we're broadcast. All of that, again, on nordenspiritradio.org. And there's a place to comment on and rate the programs. And so please do that when you visit. There's also a donate button. That's how this full-time work is supported. Please donate when you're able. And even more importantly, I would say support the kinds of stations who carry this program. There's community radio stations carrying local and vibrant music and news all across the United States. And there are some six or seven of them in California carrying our programs from Northern Spirit Radio. So please start by supporting them. Follow the links on nordenspiritradio.org to Kirk Mann, his kirkhealth.com, and to his Facebook page. And let's go right away into another of your songs, Kirk. How about Spring Buds by Michael Hedges? It's the right time of year for it, certainly. I feel... About a week ago, we still had some snow, a late winter, early spring snow here in Wisconsin, but the spring buds are definitely out and burgeoning here. Why this song? I love Michael Hedges. He's my icon, an icon. I have many. He passed away in the late 90s, and it is just timely. It's a beautiful song. I adore the harmonies that we were able to create on this. The backstory on the song was Michael Hedges always wished that Graham Nash and David Crosby would sing on this song. And Michael passed away, but he had recorded this tune. And then Graham Nash and David Crosby did harmonies posthumously, if that's the right word. 
And so the, his final album called Torched, you have Graham Nash, David Crosby doing backup even after he passed away. I love the song. A friend of mine, uh, Farrell Droke in Oklahoma, said, why don't we do it? I said, okay, well, you do the guitar part and I'll sing it and then do guitar accompaniment. And he ended up adding a harmony and he brought in Nate Borofsky of Girly Man to sing a high harmony. And then I brought in Maria Rigorgeva from St. Petersburg, Russia to do the violin part remotely. And I just love the tune. It's a beautiful tune. It's, it's mystical. You know, it's for springtime. Very different for Michael Hedges, who was known for this unbelievable guitar stuff. And he wrote the sweet love song. So I, we covered it and I'm, I love it. I love the harmony on it. And you're going to love it too, listeners. Spring Buds, performed by Kirk Mann and friends.
With the sacred heart shared rhythm We blossom through the spring Star of the morning shines now On her own two wings Then sweet lightning struck And the earth opened us Like spring buds Then sweet lightning struck And the earth opened us Like spring buds We have Kirk Mann here today for Song of the Soul. That song, Spring Buds, was actually written by Michael Hedges and performed by Kirk Mann and some friends. How do you get someone from Russia, how do you get her involved in this particular song? I beam her up. (laughs) Okay. Spiritual people can do that kind of thing. (laughs) No. Actually, I use a site called airgigs.com. They have musicians all over the world that, you know, for a fee, you can send them your song and they will add a part. And Maria happens to be one of the most exceptional accompanists I've ever known in my life. And it's, it's just always flawless. And we have to do almost no editing when it comes back. So she's like, don't tell anybody about her, please, because I don't want her to get too busy. <laughs> Well, let's go on to some more of your music for Song of the Soul. What's next for Kirk Mann? I'll go with Roses and Dreams. And are you into both of those things, Roses and Dreams? Absolutely. When's the last time someone gave you roses? Oh, that's a really interesting question. I had a, you know, actually I'm feeling a little bit moved by that, bringing up an old memory of getting, um, a special gift, you know, like peculiarly um, from a partner, you know, long-term partner that I had that, you know, where I came home and actually the house was kind of filled with roses and um, a moving experience. First in time and last time, you know, being given roses as, as a man. It doesn't happen to us near as much, so it carries all that much more beauty when it does happen. Yes. Are you also a dreamer? Yes, I am a dreamer. You know, I have dreams of how things could be in the world. Yeah. The reason I asked about the dreams is there are some people who remember their dreams that they've had at night. Oh, yeah. And sometimes get transformed by them. And then some people are dreamers like in John Lennon. You may say, I'm a dreamer, right? Yeah. I would say I have lucid dreams on occasion that are very potent that I never forget and have probably dreams for a better world in in that way. But yeah, maybe both. 
And why did you choose to include Roses in Dreams? You've got a lot of songs with your five recordings out there and the other singles you've released. You had a lot to choose. Uh, Roses and Dreams was title track back in 2017. Why this one? I don't know. I think it's one of the most mystical, spiritual songs that I've written or produced. It came together. We also did a really interesting video on YouTube with another friend of mine, Kira Kushnerova. She actually lives locally, not in Russia, but she's from Russia. But anyway, the song was an exercise about dying, like facing death, at a songwriting retreat at Esalen Institute in Big Sur, California. You know, we were like given an exercise to sit in front of somebody, and I forgot what it was, but it was about like facing your death. And then go off and write a song after you did that exercise. And this was the song that just appeared after that exercise. And I think it's the voice of death speaking to the mortal. So the main voice, you could say, is the spirit of death or the, the divine. And the female voice is the mortal speaking back to that divine voice. And the garden is the afterworld, I think. Roses and dreams are the idea that there's a beautiful reception, perhaps. I'm curious about the beautiful reception that may be there when we surrender the body. So Roses and Dreams, I think, fundamentally is about that. So you'll hear at least two principal parts in this song, Roses and Dreams. There is the divine death, and you have the human female voice that you'll hear singing as we share this song from Kirk Mann for today's Song of the Soul. Seed on the wind 
beautiful, beautiful song is Roses and Dreams. It comes to you today for Song of the Soul from Kirk Mann. Follow the links on nordenspiritradio.org to Kirk Mann or search for Kirk Mann Music. The Roses and Dreams, that I, I had to ask you, Kirk, who is the female? Who is that voice? That's Shelby Figueroa, the woman that does a lot of harmonies on, on a number of my songs. Well, it's some beautiful, beautiful... I, I love the harmonies throughout that song, especially, especially deep places it goes to. And I love your voice. I can't say enough how much through all these songs, your voice has just been a, a beautiful vehicle for transport to deeper spiritual places. So thank you for sharing that. Thanks, Mark. But I am interested in having one more song from you today for Song of the Soul. I think my daughter Jenna sings on this one, and and it was inspired by her. It's called Shine Like a Lantern. She, at the time, was going through some very difficult things, facing some very difficult things. And as a you know a loving parent, you want to help your child and save them from the pain of the world. And oftentimes, you cannot do anything or do very little to blunt what they're going through. The song of a feeling of love and helplessness, I would say. And the need to surrender, I think, is the byline in that song. So it really is written for anybody going through something, you know, a loved one or a relative or a mate or a parent 
where you know they're going through something so difficult and yet there's really nothing you can do, you know, except suffer with them, so to speak. That's where that song came out of. So we're going to finish today's Song of the Soul visit with Kirk Mann with the song Shine Like a Lantern. And his daughter, Jenna Mann, is also included in this song. This is the title track from 2014 release from Kirk Mann. Look everywhere for his music and even the DVDs he's directed and maybe visit him for some Eastern healing, acupuncture and other things at his work, kirkhealth.com. Those links are on nordenspiritradio.org. Follow him from there. Kirk, I can't believe how fortunate I am that Donalyn Kasky connected me up with you. I really feel like this is an opportune movement of spirit. I feel like we were led to find another seeker whose spiritual range and emotional depth so clearly echoes what I felt in my life is such a gift to me. I thank you for doing that work, your specific healing work, your musical healing work, and for joining us today for Song of the Soul. Thank you, Mark, and thank you for your beautiful voice also. It's so soothing to listen to you, actually. And so, folks, we go out now with, again, one last song from Kirk Mann. Follow links on nordenspiritradio.org, and we'll see you all next week for Song of the Soul. Here is Shine Like a Lantern.
like a lantern tonight. Yeah, shine like a lantern tonight. Pull this heart from my chest. Hold it gently in your hands. Give me hope. Teach me love. Help me shine like a lantern tonight. Yeah, shine like a lantern tonight. As darkness closes in, the light begins to dim. My breath gets shallow and thin. The theme music for Song of the Soul is by Chris Williamson, and it is called Song of the Soul. Check out all things Song of the Soul on northernspiritradio.org, guests, links, stations, and a place for your feedback, suggestions, and support. Send your Songs of the Soul to me, Mark Helpsmeet, via the info on our website, and join us weekly for Song of the Soul.